Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician, and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast episode number 90. I can't believe it's episode number 90. We're like 10 episodes away from 100. That's going to be amazing. Who knows what kind of what kind of surprises I'll have up my sleeve for episode number 100. If you've never been to the podcast before, I'm your host, Dr. Lane Vaughn. If you are looking for strategies to live a naturally healthy life, you are in the right place. Today, we are going to be talking about hunger and the strategy I teach my clients for managing it. A quick plug for upcoming podcasts. I have an upcoming podcast with a life and purpose coach. It's going to be awesome. So much of what we, um, what drives us to live a naturally healthy life really is connected to our purpose in life. And so um, I'm going to have this coach. She's a friend of mine. She's amazing. And I'm going to interview her and we're going to talk about how we can tie our purpose into the reasons that we want to become healthy. Um, I also have an interview coming up with one of my clients. So if you're wondering what it's like to work with me, that's going to be a great uh, podcast to pay attention to because uh, she's going to tell you all the things. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it. Subscribe. Send me a review. I'd love to hear the reviews. Um, You don't want to miss any of these upcoming episodes. There's going to be a lot of great information in them. So hit the uh, subscribe button and Make sure you're uh, aware when all the new podcasts are coming out. All right, let's dig into hunger. Hunger is an MFR, isn't it? It can be such a deal. Most of my clients, when they come to me, they all report struggling with hunger. There is a fear of being hungry. There is anxiety around being hungry. Or there's the belief that they cannot tolerate being hungry. And it usually sounds something like, I can't let myself get hungry because if I do, then I'll lose it and I'll eat all the things that aren't healthy for me. This is a huge thing that I have to help my clients deconstruct and reconceptualize. We work through this. This is part of the thought work that we do. Today, we're going to dig into what really hunger is. But recognize that if you have these thoughts, if you have these feelings of fear and anxiety around hunger or the belief that you can't tolerate hunger, you are not the only one. You are not alone. And recognize this is promoted in society, right? Like this is like put out there as just the way it is. Think about the Snickers commercials with being hangry, like not being able to manage hunger or believing that hunger is an emergency is something that is a like, it's almost like a societal norm in our society. So it's not just you. And what I help my clients do is really look at what hunger truly is What is it in our body and what does it mean? And then how do we want to handle it? Because you can handle it in any way that you want to. 
So before we dig into kind of the way I help my clients reconceptualize hunger, let's talk about hunger and what hunger really is. Because hunger is a feeling and hunger is also a sensation. So when we talk about feelings and sensations, feelings occur when we have a thought in our brain that creates a vibration in our body. That vibration in our body is a feeling and it's always created by a thought. Lots of times we have a thought and we assign it to a place in our body and that creates that feeling, that vibration, right? So a great example is when we are heartbroken, right? When my dog got hit by a car and died, there was no experience in my body about that until I knew it happened, right? So it wasn't the act of my dog stop breathing and heart stopping that caused anything in my body. It was when I learned of the event that I had thoughts that created heartbreak. And I, I, I assigned it to my body as heartbreak. And I do feel it as an aching in my chest, right? Like that's how it would feel. That is a feeling versus a sensation is something that happens that you perceive with part of your body. And that perception is transferred to your spinal column and your spinal column brings it up to your brain and your brain interprets what was perceived. That is a sensation, okay? And it's important to distinguish between these two things because we have hunger that can come from a thought in our brain that we assign to our stomach and we call it hunger. But you can also have hunger that is actually an experience in our stomach that travels to our spinal column, that our spinal column brings that information up to our brain and our brain interprets it as hunger. So there are two kinds of hunger. I call one brain hunger and one true hunger. So brain hunger, again, it starts with a belief, a thought, something that runs through our brain, a thought that runs through our brain that creates a feeling of hunger in our body, that we assign that feeling of hunger to our body. Versus true hunger happens when there's not been any food in my stomach. There's not, I haven't eaten in many, many, many hours because it takes many hours for the food to transit out of my stomach. I haven't eaten and there's nothing in my stomach and my stomach is empty and my stomach's like, hey, we're empty down here. What do you think about eating? That is true hunger. That's biological hunger versus brain hunger, which is not biological hunger. So when clients start to work with me, it takes a lot of time. I mean, we have to invest some time to distinguishing the difference between true hunger and brain hunger. In addition, we have to work on deconstructing the beliefs about hunger. And that's what I really want to talk about today. So recognize hunger is not an emergency. If hunger was an emergency, like that we had to have food readily available to us anytime we experienced hunger, we would never have become the dominant species on the planet Earth. We would have died off because food was not abundantly available. There was not food security. When we as human beings developed on the Earth, like came to be on the Earth, we did not have food security food was scarce, and we just had to take it where we could get it. Recognize that we did not just barely survive in that situation. We actually thrived and populated the earth in the situation of food scarcity. Hunger is not an emergency, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I have to help my clients deconstruct. Starvation is a real thing. I understand that starvation is a real thing, and in some countries it is an epidemic. 
That is not the case in America. So if you're listening to this podcast, you likely are not in a situation where you are experiencing true starvation. And starvation is like a true negative impact, a negative biologic effect on your body that is caused by the lack of nutrient intake. Most Americans are not experiencing that. In fact, we're experiencing, most of us are experiencing the other end of that to where we take so many nutrients in that it's actually creating disease. It's creating a negative impact on our bodies. If you have type 2 diabetes and that's what's brought you to this podcast, chances are really good that you are not in a state of starvation, that you are on that other side where you're consuming so many nutrients that it's actually turning into a disease, a disease state for you. Obesity is the epidemic in our country. If you have any form of obesity, whether it be mild or overweight, to morbid obesity, or if you have type 2 diabetes, recognize that you are unlikely at any risk of starving in the near future or starving to death from missing a meal, okay? So deconstructing the belief that hunger is a problem and that it's a signal to us that requires immediate attention is a big part of what has to happen, right? We have to deconstruct that belief. So how I like to help my clients reconceptualize hunger And how I reconceptualized hunger for myself is that hunger is just a biologic experience. It's a biological experience that we go through. We have many biological experiences and none of them are emergencies. We breathe, right? Like you can hold your breath, but it is not going to kill you. Breathing is only an emergency when you don't have air available to you. When you're underwater and you can't filter out the air because we don't have the mechanisms, the machinery to do that like fish do. So that's when breathing becomes an emergency. But outside of that, we just breathe. If you ever do any meditative or breath work, you recognize, like you get really curious about your breath and you're like, oh, there are some times that I just don't need to take a breath. I don't need to. And for people who sing or do any public speaking, they manipulate when they take a breath so that it's convenient for them. So recognizing that breathing's a biologic event, a biological experience that we go through, and it's totally not an emergency, although it's very much required for life, right? Our heart beating, another great example of a biologic experience that we have that's not an emergency. Yes, if we don't have a heartbeat, that's a problem. But just dealing with how our heart beats is not an emergency that we have to put any anxiety, stress, or worry into, right? And I would even venture to say that we do. Lots of people will do things to manipulate their heartbeat, right? Their heart rate. So if you think about sharpshooters, many of you are aware my son's a Marine and he actually is a very good marksman. He did extra training in the Marines to be a very good marksman. He was trained to manage his heartbeat, be aware of his heartbeat, and take shots based on where his heartbeat was. Like he would try to take a shot at the very beginning of the heartbeat so that he could pull the trigger without having the heartbeat going. He would try to, and that took an element of one, being aware, and two, bringing your heart rate down very low so there was a space of time between those two heartbeats because it improved his accuracy of his shot. So recognizing we manipulate all sorts of biological experiences. There are all sorts of 
things that happen in our body that are biological experiences that we don't manipulate, that we can't have any manipulation over, right? How our kidneys filter our blood and create urine is a great example, right? So recognizing that there are biological experiences going on all the time in your body that do not create any emergency experience. There's no urgency. There's no anxiety. There's no fear. There's none of that. It's just a biologic experience happening, some of which we can manipulate and some of which we don't. So there are a lot of biological experiences that we do try to manipulate, like I talked about with breathing and heart rate, but also ladies out there, right? Like we manipulate our periods all the time. Many, many, many of us ladies out there find that having a period is a total nuisance and we don't want to do it. So we take pills to postpone that biologic experience until it's something that we want to take the time to deal with. We do the same thing with urination, right? My mother is so proud. I always joke with my clients about how proud my mom must be. I'm a doctor. I talk about pee and poop all day long. But urinating is a prime example of a biologic experience that we have that we postpone until it's convenient for us. So what if we could learn to reconceptualize our hunger in a similar fashion, in a similar way? Something that will happen, hunger happens for a biological purpose, but it's not an emergency. Nothing needs to happen right now. And I can decide intentionally when it's convenient for me to manage my hunger. It's not that I don't feel it or notice it. Like when my bladder's full, I feel it, I notice it, but I may not be by a bathroom right then and I can't just relieve myself. I don't need to do anything with it right now. I'll get to it when I get to it. What if we could do the same with our hunger? We could feel it, we could notice it. We just don't need to do anything with it right now. Many of you have heard me say that naturally healthy living is when we start putting our food in its proper biologic place. When we stop using food to manage parts of our life that food is not good at managing, food is not a good manager of boredom or anger or loneliness or fatigue or sadness or happiness or any other feeling that we have, any other experience that we have. Food doesn't manage those. There's no amount of food that you can eat that replaces the sleep that you need when you're fatigued. Food doesn't manage those. There's no amount of food that you can eat that makes you less angry at somebody for breaking into your car, right? There is no amount of food that you can eat that creates something exciting for you to do and manages your boredom. There is no amount of food that you can eat that undoes the sadness of loss of a loved one. It's just not how it works. Food does not take care of those experiences. Food is a biologic necessity and it presents cellular energy to our bodies and our cells. That's what food does biologically. That's it. When we start using food to do the job it's actually designed to do, that's when we get to start living a naturally healthy life. So it can really be that simple, but clearly this takes some work. Recognize that this is the work that I do for my clients. If this hunger struggle is resonating with you, you understand that this is really the problem that you have that keeps you from living a naturally healthy life. And you understand that food is not in its proper biologic place in your life. Understand that there is help for you. You don't have to figure this out all on your own. 
this is exactly what I do in my program. If you're interested in learning more about that, send me an email at delane at delanemd.com. Set up time for a mini coaching session. See if my program is right for you so you can stop the struggle for this part of your life. You can get this under control and start living your naturally healthy life, adding years to your life instead of taking them off because of your illness. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to send those to me. Also, same email, delane at delanemd.com. I'm happy to answer anything. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also, leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the Work With Me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.